Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. It is good to be here. Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO. And if you've been following, you know that I crushed my ankle. Actually, it wasn't my ankle. It was my heel. But here's the good news. The x-rays are in. The CAT scan's in. Went to the doctor yesterday. And he said, you know, it is not as bad as the ER guy thought it was, which made me feel good. It's a very large break. It goes from underneath my joints in my ankle all the way back to the back of my foot. Uh, But he said it is a clean break, uh, which basically he said you can have surgery and we can put a stainless steel plate in there, hold it together, screw it in, and then you'll need surgery several more times probably before you die uh, to make sure the screws are tight. Or... You can let it heal naturally, and you might have some arthritis. I said, we're healing naturally. So either way, it was eight weeks off my foot, as it is. Now, I'm just a layman. I don't know this stuff, but I figure if it was eight weeks off my foot with surgery, then if I heal right, if I eat right, if I do what I'm said to told to do, we ought to be able to be back on this foot in a whole lot less than eight weeks and have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, and that's our goal. You know, you never let anything hold you down. was building the business yesterday. Excited about that. We've got websites going up. We've got some exciting things happening. And that's what it's about. Don't ever let anything keep you back. And I think you won't if you know your why. We're in Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. I really love this. We're in Chapter 8. Start with why, but know how. And I and I really love this because there's always people say, okay, you're a dreamer, you're a visionary, yada, 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 yada. But nobody ever gets right down to, okay, now that we've got the dream, now that we know what we're going to do, how are we going to do it? And it's interesting because when you really focus on it, that actually happens when it's done right. Simon starts off this a chapter, it, energy excites, charisma inspires. Rah, said the roar. Steve Ballmer, the man who replaced Bill Gates as CEO of Microsoft, burst onto the stage as the company at the company's annual global summit meeting. Ballmer loves Microsoft. He says so in no uncertain words. He also knows how to pump up a crowd. His energy is almost uh, for, euphoric. He pumps his fist and runs from one end of the stage to the other. He screams. He sweats. He is remarkable to watch, and the crowd loves it. As Balmer proves, without a doubt, energy can motivate a crowd. But can it inspire the population? See, what happens the next day or the next week when Balmer's energy is done? How many of you have heard, hey, we need to, we need to be building from one great event to the next? And I believe that. But that great event's got to inspire people, not motivate them. That's where a lot of network marketing companies just get it wrong. See, it's funny because in contrast, Bill Gates is shy. He's awkward. He's what some critics have called a social misfit. He does not fit the stereotype of a leader of a multi-billion dollar corporation. He is not the most energetic public speaker. When Bill Gates speaks, however, people listen with bated breath. They hang on his every word. When he speaks, he doesn't rally a room. He inspires it. Gates doesn't have energy, 
but he knows how to inspire people. See, this is good that we know. You've got to understand this if you're going to build an organization. Energy always motivates, but charisma inspires. Energy is easy to see. It's easy to measure. It's easy to copy. But charisma, man, that's really hard to define. How do you measure it? How do you, how do you even copy it? You can't. See, that's why when I hear people say, Network marketing is all about duplication. No, it's not. It takes more than that. But all great leaders have charisma. And the reason they have charisma is because they fully understand their why. Totally understand their why. See, when you understand your why... When you have the clarity of it, when you know your underlying belief, what the purpose is, when you know that your cause is bigger than yourself, you inspire people. Bill Gates knew this. With Bill Gates, it wasn't about the computer program, DOS. It wasn't even about the equipment. It was, well, it was about what that could do for the average common person. See, this is important. It's interesting because Bill Gates is known for being very inspiring in the face of great odds. He believes that we can always find ways to remove obstacles to ensure that everyone can live and work at their greatest potential. See, think about this. So many of us think we it's what the computer does, but it's not. It's why we need them. Bill Gates understood this. And now what's he do? He runs the Bill Gates Foundation. He's still looking for ways to solve problems. He still has his underlying belief, and he still believes that we can help people. Only this time it's to help less privileged people through some simple obstacles like health care. See, charisma has nothing to do with energy. It comes from the clarity of the why. It comes from an absolute conviction and a bigger idea than oneself. Energy just comes from a good night's sleep. I want you I want to drive this home with you guys. Energy can excite, but charisma can can conspire. I mean can inspire. Charisma commands loyalty, energy doesn't. We think that bonuses, promotions, you know, bridge loans, pay somebody to join my company, whatever the case may be. We think that's what works. All that is is manipulation for a short-term gain. And the odds are those people will be gone. doesn't breed loyalty. I had a guy yesterday say, Troy, if I'd have known you were looking for a company, man, I'd have gone after you. I said, I wasn't looking for a company. I was so content and happy doing what I'm doing having a blast, living it day in and day out. But then something grabbed my heart. I fell in love with the why of some great leaders. And all of a sudden I found myself out here building again just like everybody else. See, when you breed loyalty... 
you'll know it because they won't ask your employees won't ask for more money to stay with you. Your distributors won't say you got to pay us more to keep us. They'll be there because they want to be there. They'll be there because the why will trump the pay and the benefits. That's what will happen. But you've got to know your chosen path. you got to understand that your career and your profession may be two different things. You may work at your career for another 25 years. You may work your profession part-time. Not everybody can be Armstrong. You know, Neil Armstrong grew, grew up not too far from where the Wright brothers invented the airplane. All that stuff was talked about every day, and eventually he lived his passion and became an astronaut. We're not all going to become astronauts. It's not even about that. But what we have to realize is that most of the time, our careers are highly incidental. Most of us never plan on doing what we're doing. We go to school for one thing, and then we end up in a profession that's something else. That profession can turn into a career, or a career can turn into a profession, so don't get me wrong there. But most of the time, we don't get it. I, I've got all kinds of friends of mine. They went to school to be CPAs, attorneys, doctors. That's not what they do. They're either in network marketing, they're running fishing boats, they own restaurants, they own small shops for tourists. They're in the real estate business. They're doing stuff they enjoy now. It gives them time for their whys, because some of them don't do their why in their business, they do it outside of that. So you've got to know your cause. You've got to know your why. Mine is to give hope and opportunity to average people, to let them know they can dream again, to let them know that they don't have to listen to the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies in the media, that they really can be somebody, they can do something. I firmly believe that's what most of us are looking for, and I believe I've found a way to do that. See, regardless of what we do in our lives, our why, our driving purpose, our cause, our belief never changes. That's why when we talk about the golden circle and when it's in balance, what we do is just a tangible way to breathe life into our cause. See, that's the, that's the big difference. See, when your why is clear, those who share that belief will be drawn to it and maybe even want to take part in bringing it to life. I've seen this personally at Ocean Avenue, the company that I'm with now. And this isn't to get you to join Ocean Avenue, so don't don't even think that. But I watched Fred Nino, Ken Dunn have a have a a driving passion, a mission. And I've watched people in their corporate team come around them because they bought into that and they know how to help make that big. They had their golden circle in balance. They realized it wasn't just about communication. It also provided insight into how great an organization can be when it's organized. See, I believe that totally. I believe that the golden circle, just like Simon says here, is like a cone. Some people call it a pyramid. It starts at the top with the CEO who has the why. He knows what he's doing. 
from there it goes to the executive staff, the president, the COO, the senior vice presidents, the chief marketing officers. And from there it goes to the field and to the employees. They know their why, they know their how, they know their what. It's amazing. Simon writes this. I thought it was good. He says, in this rendering of how level represents a person or a small group responsible for building the infrastructure that can make a why tangible. That may happen in marketing, operations, finance, human resources, or any others. But it always starts in the C-suite departments. Beneath that, at the what level, is where the rubber meets the road. It is at this level that the majority of employees and Reps set and where all tangible stuff actually happens. I thought, man, this is the perfect, perfect, beautiful deal of a dream. I thought, man, this is great. See, I've been talking a little bit this week about Martin Luther King. But you realize it wasn't Martin Luther King that made the rubber hit the road. He was the why. He inspired. But it took somebody else to be able to bring the how into play. And so many times we don't realize that. We just think we know how it all works. And that's not the truth. See, Ralph Abernathy was Dr. King's right-hand man. And every time Dr. King got done with the speech, Ralph would get up and say, now here's what this means for Monday morning. And he would put the action plan together for the people. But see, in every case, a great charismatic leader has a significant why. And with that significant why, he creates what Bob Budine says is your who, your inner circle who believe in you and believe in what you're doing. They don't want to be number one. They want to help the cause. They want to do whatever it takes to create and make that grow. That's what I get excited about. Simon writes this. He says, The vision and charisma of a leader are enough to attract the innovators and the early adapters. Trusting their guts and their intuition, these people will make the greatest sacrifices to help see the vision become reality. With each success, with each tangible demonstration, that vision can in fact become reality and a more practical-minded majority starts to take interest. I'm seeing this worldwide in a lot of different areas right now. See, this is so important. See, those that know the why need those who know how. See, the wise in the world have the power to change the course of industries, even the whole world when they want to. It's the coolest things. But it's the how types that get that, that out there. you got to have a megaphone. you got to have something moving. Grassroots effort, whatever you call it. You have to make it happen. Art Williams is classified the greatest leader from the insurance industry. He took a ragtag team of part-time networkers and exploded it. But here's the cool thing. Bo Adams was his how. Bo Adams 
rallied the troops and did it in a way that made sense. When they sold that company and retired, Art became a billionaire, and Bo Adams became the fifth largest landholder in America. It's amazing when you look at how this all works. Walt Disney, now here's one. Walt Disney has a conglomerate that's built by him. I mean, it's it's huge when we look at it. When we actually see, but do you realize that he'd have been bankrupt if it was up to him? It's amazing. He once said that he would always be bouncing tracks if it wasn't for his brother, Roy. Roy was a banker and a financier. Roy did something nobody else could do. He launched and founded the Buena Vista Distribution Company that made Disney films a central part of America's childhood. It was Roy who created the merchandising business that transformed Disney characters into household names. And like almost every other how type, Roy never wanted to be the front man. He preferred to stay in the background and focus on how to build his brother's vision. See, it's great to know your position, know where you're at. Because you become part of the bigger picture of things. It's the most remarkable thing once you figure this out. We grow up so much here and people say, you got to be number one, you got to be number one. No, you don't. You can be number two. You can be second and still be part of the number one team. If you don't think the people that sit on the bench at the Super Bowl don't get a ring, then you don't understand the NFL. It doesn't matter if they played. It just matters that they show up. You need to show up. You need to know where you're supposed to be at. See, why guys, for all of their vision and in imagination, often get the short end of the stick? Because without someone inspired by their vision and the knowledge to make it a reality, most Y-types end up as starving visionaries. People with all the answers but never com- accomplishing much themselves. It's truly amazing. John Maxwell, one of the greatest, I think, leadership development guys in the nation, has one of the greatest how teams around him. He can inspire, but he's got a writer, Charles, that writes for him. He's got a an executive team that know how to put his vision into action. It's what we all need. It's what we all strive for. It's what takes the part. In nearly every case of a person or an organization that has gone on to inspire people and do great things, there always exists a special partnership between the why and the how. Matter of fact, when you look at great whys out there, you find that they're they're usually run by people that have grown up together or, or have shared some major life experiences together. It's amazing when you see that. That's part of what it takes to make a company great. When you have that, you have the potential of becoming a legacy company, a company that changes the world, not as a fad, but I'm talking about truly changes the world. Because it all comes down to trust. You've got to be able to trust each other no matter what. And it's interesting when you see this. 
because that trust goes so far. It builds so deep. You can't split it up. It's amazing to see. Now, I've seen some some great hows and whys that have been been created that did split up, and it was sad. But usually when that happens, it's because the the how decides they want to be a why person. Now, I don't think that's bad. I think it's part of growth. But it does happen. So you got to realize, do I want to run or do I want to lead? See, why people lead, how people run. It's easy to create a tipping point, but it's not easy to create one that causes lasting change. See, great organizations not only excite the human spirit, they inspire people to take part in helping to advance the cause without needing to pay them or even incentivize them in a particular way. People feel compelled to spread the word, not because they have to, because they want to. They willingly take up the arms and share the message that inspire them. We've seen this at Apple. Apple evangelists buy the product. They don't get paid. It's amazing when you see it. It all comes down to the messaging. See, for a message to have real impact, to affect the behavior, to to, to really be the seed for loyalty, it needs more than publicity. It needs to publicize some of the higher purpose, the cause and belief in which the similar values and beliefs are related. People start to get the why. And only then does the message create lasting mass market success. Herbalife did it with Lose Weight Now, Ask Me How. It wasn't about selling a product. It was about teaching people how to lose weight. And it worked all through the 80s. Why? See, a leader with a cause, whether it's an individual or an organization, they have to have a megaphone. They have to have that loud voice. They have to have that through a clarity of purpose, a cause, a belief. Something people start to hear, and as the more they hear it, the more excited they get. But the only way that will happen is when you say it and you believe it. See, when you believe it deep inside your heart, the rest is history. Simon writes it this way. A clear sense of why sets expectations. When we don't know in an, an organization's why, we don't know what to expect, so we expect the minimum. Minimum in price, quality, service, features, the commodity stuff. But when we have a sense of why, we expect more. For those not comfortable being held to a higher standard, I strongly advise against trying to learn your why or keeping your golden circle in balance. Higher standards are hard to maintain. It requires the discipline to consistently talk about and remind everyone why the organization exists in the first place. It requires that everyone in the organization be held accountable to how you do things, to your values and guiding principles, and to take time and effort to ensure that everything you say and do is consistent with your why. But for those willing to put forth the effort, there are some great advantages. You've got to dig so deep in your heart 
you've got to look so deep to say, do I really? This, let me tell you, I use this in Christianity a lot. People will say, well, Troy, do you believe that once saved, always saved? And I'll say, yep. And they'll say, well, do you believe that you could lose your salvation? I'll say, nope. And they'll say, but you grew up in a denomination that believes you can lose your salvation. And I say, yep. And I usually get them frustrated. And they'll say, well, explain. I say, well, here's the scoop. I believe when you have a conviction so deep into your heart that it's branded there, that you'll never, ever turn your back on the grace that was given to us through Jesus Christ. I said, but like any great gift, if we decide we don't want to accept it, or we have ulterior motives on why we accept it, we can fake our walk for a long, long time, but eventually the truth comes out. See, that's what I believe. I believe so deep in my heart of what Jesus did for me. And I know y'all don't believe this, so it's no big deal. But that I've never been one of those people that blame God for anything. I actually realize I have a freedom of choice. I've been an ass most of my adult life, let alone my teenage years. But I've had some great conversations with my Lord. And I know where my belief factor is. See, at the end of the day, when you have a crusade or a cause that you believe in so deeply, nobody can deter you from that. Sadly, it can be the wrong cause. Without a doubt, terrorists believe deep into their hearts for what they're doing. And they're willing to kill a lot of innocent people to to fulfill it. I'm not saying that everything is good. That's why you've got to look at the high standards and live up to them. Because if you don't, All hell will break loose. And when it does, it's over. See, the movement has to be personal. It's got to be so deep that nothing can sway you from it. See, sitting on the top of the megaphone at the point of the why, you've got to believe so deep in your heart that you inspire people. You don't motivate them. I get so tired of hearing people say, I'm a motivational speaker. Well, if that's great, you're going to sell a lot of products. I want to inspire a movement to change the world. And I don't know about you, but I believe that that can happen. I believe you can do it in whatever business that you're in, whatever community you're in, whatever organization you're in. I believe with all my heart you can make it happen. But the only way you can do it is to believe in your heart, find people around you that can take your inspiration and your why, and they can move it forward with how. And tomorrow we're going to talk about some other things. We're going to talk about know why, know how, then what. And I tell you what, you are going to be blown away with what you hear tomorrow. It's going to be rock solid. Folks, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Beachside CEO. We're heard around the world on Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive. Powered Radio.